We are elated to welcome you to Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. Inspiring Voices is a one-of-a-kind show designed to recognize and highlight current mathematics classroom teachers and provide a positive platform that allows their authentic voices to be heard. Nisha Philip Malahu was a third grade teacher at Pinewood Elementary School, as well as a technology trainer at the Orange County Public School. She has been a teacher for 10 years and earned my master's degree in K through 8 mathematics and science education from the University of Central Florida. Some of her accomplishments include 2019-2020 Pinewood Elementary School Teacher of the Year, Everyday Hero Teacher from Spectrum News 13, Live with Kelly and Ryan Top 10 Teacher, Getting Results Award recipient from WKMG News 6. A-plus Teacher Award from Spectrum News 13. UCF CCIE Night of the Week, May 20th, 2021. Her goal is to prepare students to successfully navigate the ever-changing, increasingly complex world by equipping them with skills in science, technology, engineering, and math, while simultaneously fostering equitable and inclusive teaching practices. Welcome to Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher J. Childs. Inspiring Voices from the Classroom is designed to highlight amazing mathematics educators. On this episode, we have the one and only Nisha Philip Malahu. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you doing nowadays as an educator and all that is going on? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I keep being inspired by my students, so every day it's something new and exciting. So tell us about what is new and exciting happening in your classroom environment. Well, we've recently gotten a grant for class VR sets, the Oculus, thanks to um, a combination of Duke Energy and OCPS Foundation. So I was able to get four Oculuses. So now I'm presenting math lessons and other lessons in a really innovative and creative way because my kids are using virtual reality to learn. So they're very excited about that. And I got to see online just your students engaging in this Oculus. Tell us what is it like using the Oculus, and I know when I grew up, the Oculus didn't exist in the math class. What is it like using it in the classroom and how has engagement been? Well, the kids we teach nowadays are totally different from the kids we used to be growing up. So we can't teach the same way we used to teach. I noticed that kids nowadays are into technology and they're into gaming. So I was wondering how could I utilize that to make them more engaged? So I did some research and I figured out, okay, Kids are into oculuses, they're into virtual reality. So when I get these devices, um, it's really engaging because they're in this totally different environment that stimulates them, that excites them, and makes them want to do the work. So it's really unique to see how and encouraged they are and how they ask me, hey, can we do more of this? Can we do more lessons? They're the ones asking me to do the work. So that's really a shift from what I used to see to what I see now. So if you're out there and you work for Oculus, that's Microsoft, right? Yes. You work for Microsoft. I'm going to put a challenge out. I need every classroom to have an Oculus device and we can use it for educational purposes. We can use it for other things outside the classroom too. I, I have an Oculus at home. But we have to start harnessing technology in this world. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing where AI is really taking over. And for me, uh, what I love about AI and what I really love about the Oculus, I remember the first time I put one on, because I bought an Oculus for my daughter. I didn't, I'm gonna be honest, I did not know what an Oculus was. I just, she said, I want an Oculus. I said, cool, we're gonna get it. Did not know what it was. 
she put it on. She plays like a roller coaster game. And then one of the games you recommend online, she does have now Mission the, uh, ISS. the Mission ISS. But when I put the Oculus on the first time, I literally saw the future and what is possible using AI and technology to not replace educators. I know educators are watching this like, you're trying to replace us? No. no. But we can really change the game as it relates to what education can be. And I, in 30 seconds of putting it on, I had an epiphany. And Microsoft, I got some ideas of like how we can change it to just, you know, reach out to me. <laughs> reach out. <laughs> reach out to me. Now, let, let's change gears back to just mathematics classroom and how you've incorporated the Oculus. What is your teaching philosophy in your classroom? My teaching philosophy is to be more student-centered. I want to use the kids' authentic backgrounds. I want to use their lived experiences in the classroom. So that way they're more engaged. They want to learn because what they're learning is applicable to their actual lived experiences. So knowing that, like, my kids are into these gamings. They're into the technology, the TikTok. So I'm thinking, how can I utilize those aspects of their lives to make learning something that they look forward to doing? And it's just not another thing, another chore. So that's really the background behind it. How can I engage my kids by using things they're already comfortable with and bringing that to life in the classroom? And I love how you're saying you're bringing things that they're comfortable with. Oftentimes when children enter our environments, we tell them, leave what you like at the door leave TikTok at the door, but we're gonna teach you, but what are we really teaching you? As opposed to teaching you how do you harness things that you naturally understand and know, and harness that energy back into the classroom. Exactly. Bring, bringing it back into the classroom, tell us, when, I, when we walk into your classroom, what is it like? I've seen the Oculus, I've seen the high level engagement. What is your classroom environment like, and how did you cultivate this environment going beyond just the children's lived experiences? So growing up, I was a terrible math student. My math teacher actually told me I would amount to nothing in math. And I, for a long time, I internalized that. It's only when I met my professors at UCF that I began to realize I am capable of doing hard stuff. I'm capable of doing math. I am a mathematician. And it's because I am utilizing what I know in my environment that's making me build this confidence. So for example, when I'm teaching, say, measurement or fractions, telling a kid one third is more than one, sorry, one half is more than one third is an abstract concept. It doesn't mean much right, to them. Right. But when I brought in a bread machine and I'm like, listen, I only got a half cup of a half measurement cup, but we need two cups of flour. How can I get that? And watching them figure out, well, four one-halves will give me two cups. Like having them make those meaningful connections, it makes the math become more meaningful to them. So in my classroom, we bake bread, we make cookies, we go to the cafeteria all the time, we're bothering those people like, hey, can you put this to bake for us? Because I'm trying to see how can I make this math relevant and meaningful to them. So that's how we operate with our math class. And I think that's amazing because oftentimes we teach fractions so abstractly with just a number, two numbers, top number, bottom number, line in the middle. Yes, I can say numerator and denominator, y'all, <laughs> but you, you know how we teach it sometimes. And, and we don't make it real to them. And I love how you use measuring cups, you use cooking. Mm -hmm. And in your classroom, you may have the next chef, you may have the next baker, you may just have someone who likes to cook. And we're making it real, real and applicable. And I love using 
cooking because did you know one in six children live in a food insecure household? Mm -hmm. Like educators, children are literally starving to death in our environments and we're not giving them the tools they need to survive and fractions is a way we can utilize that connected to food of how we can literally help a child survive. I've had parents contact me and say, hey, when my kid came home, they taught me this new recipe. They're more engaged. They want to be in the kitchen and say, hey, mom, we only need three ingredients to make these cookies. So it's like the whole family becomes involved in math now. Now I have parents texting me re recipes from their homeland, <laughs> which is really cool. So we get to make different varieties of stuff, different types of breads. We've done pumpernickel. We've done rye bread because now it, it becomes this group project because my class is like a living community. It, by extension, the parents are now involved. They're sending in these ingredients from their home countries and we're using that while doing math and everybody's learning. So it's not only math. We're into cultures and things that make us unique and we get to celebrate our diversity and our differences. So, so you're bringing families into a mathematics experience and all, actually making it comfortable for them to be a part of it where they're not oh my gosh I can't I don't know what operation to do with the fractions but I can have a conversation about how we cook I can show you yes. how many half cups so I need to make two cups and they're actually engaging in learning math themselves I actually had a couple of parents reach out to me and they're like prior to this class they're like math was just doing the worksheets and they had to Google how to do this right. math. But now when I'm making it a little bit more applicable to them, a little, it's where all of them has some sort of entry point so that the math becomes doable, it becomes enjoyable. So now the families are, hey, how do we continue this? We wanna do more of this. So to me, it's really engaging when families become interested in the math. And there's an educator watching this episode and they're hearing what you're saying what are like two or three tips you would give them to engage families in their environment? First of all, I would say reach out to your families and let them know what you're trying to do. Of course, find out about, you know, any allergens, stuff like right. that. But just say, hey, I'm trying to do this math lesson and this is the way I want to do it. I want to cook in the classroom. Do you have any suggestions? Do you have any recipes? You know, and just, I, I love transparency and accountability. So letting parents know this is what I need, send it home and have them have that buy-in. So they contribute. Maybe um, I had families just donate two eggs. Families donate a stick of butter. So th when they have that buy-in and I always take pictures of what I'm doing, sending it back home, sending the cookies back home, then the families get to feel more involved. So it's as simple as just reaching out and saying, this is what I'm doing, how can you help? And I I live by the creed, 99.9% .9 of families want to help, they want to be involved. They literally just don't know how, and we don't create easy avenues for them to be a part of that experience, especially in math class because we create so many barriers to what is math and how should we teach math as opposed to, as you mentioned earlier, what are you bringing into this experience and starting from there. Uh, yeah, you just got to make make it where they feel less intimidated. Math by itself is intimidating. So if you make it where families feel like they can ease into the process, families want to help their kids. They want to be there. So give them opportunities where they can. And you'll be surprised. As you talk about these families, and I, I, like I've, I've seen your classroom and I see just the energy in there with the children. 
What is something that is bringing you joy in the work that you do? When those kids get their aha moments, I had a student recently join my classroom and she told me straight up, I'm not a reader and I can't do math. She made no bones about it. And I'm like, you're a mathematician and you can read and we're gonna do what we need to do. Every day I've worked with this child. Last two weeks, she scored 100% in her test and she was overjoyed. She was like, Miss Malahu, can you text my mom? Can you tell, like she just wanted everyone to know. And I'm like, look at you. All, all we need to do as educators is invest in these children and tell them they can do it. We gotta find them on their level because not every child needs the same thing. And I think as educators, we, we present standardized worksheets. We present standardized lessons. And I know it's hard, but we have to really look at each child individually and give that child what they need in order to be successful. You're a Donors Choose Ambassador. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and how our viewers can check you out? Sure. Donors Choose is a nonprofit organization that um, posts teachers' projects. So, for example, the bread maker and the Oculus is things that I'd like above and beyond what my school gives me. I post projects and it is funded by members of the community. So, check out donorschoose.org. It is a wonderful website and anything you purchase there goes directly to the classroom. I, I, I've seen it work in your room and I'm seeing all the amazing things that you're doing in the field, what would you like to leave our viewers with as it relates to being an educator? What would you like to, you can speak to the new educator, you can speak to the veteran educator, you can speak to the family. What would you like to leave our viewers with? Well, to all the educators that are out there, I know it's hard, I know it's tough, but we can do it. You just gotta think, man, how can I reach that one child? And if every day you set out to, let me touch this child in one way, let me make this child love learning, then to me that's the most powerful thing I can do as an educator. I was really impressed, like, as educators, we pass out treats on Friday, we, we do things to, I, wanna, I don't wanna say bribe the kids, but hey, if you do this, I'll give you this. Right, right. And it, it blew my mind, like this week my kids were, it's Friday and they expect their Friday treat and I didn't have a Friday treat. And they looked at me, they're like, no, we're doing it because we want to do it, we're not doing it for a treat. So just to me, getting your kids to love learning, that is what our call as an educator is for. And to the community out there, um, I think that our community members need to step in and help educators bridge that gap. Because as educators, just doing curriculum and worksheets isn't enough. We need oculuses, we need tablets, we need other technology. So if the community hears me out there, find a classroom to support, donate your time, donate your resources. I have Starbucks stepping in. They have been assisting me in STEM club. I have above and beyond for change. They're tying into me and they're like, how can we support these children? There's so much community members out there. If they pick a classroom, adopt a classroom, and say, hey, I'm gonna support you. What do you need? That is the hugest help you can give to a classroom teacher. Nisha, thank you for being on Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. Keep up the amazing work that you're doing. And I'm going to challenge our educator community, not educator community, our community in general watching this episode. What are you doing to financially help the local classroom in your community? She mentioned your time and effort. I'm going to mention your resources and the money. We cannot continue to operate in this deficit mindset as it relates to education. 
there's a lot of money in these communities. What are you doing to give back to your local school and what are you doing to give back to other schools in your city? See, I wrap that around because some people are gonna say it's by zip code, but all of us can do better when it comes to finances and better overfunding our schools, overpaying our teachers, overpaying our administrators. Yes, I said overpaying. Because if we want better, we have to do better. And it starts with, where are you putting your money? Where are you putting the, those economic resources to improve education for innocent children? Children don't determine what school they go to. Zip codes determine essentially the school that they're going to be in. Zip codes determine the social economic status of the community. So what are we doing as a whole to change that where it doesn't matter what zip code you're in, you're going to get a high quality education. This has been your host, Dr. Christopher J. Childs. Tune into the next episode of Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. Do you want to be a guest on the show? Fill out the online submission form at www.christopherchilds.com shows.